Welcome to the Coach and Doc podcast, hosted by Coach Chris Cutcliffe and Dr. Hunter Taylor. Our mission is to bring you insight from the best of the best in the coaching profession. If you'd like to learn more about the work that we do at Coach and Doc, please visit our website, www.coachanddoc.com. Our next guest is Ish Wainwright of the Phoenix Suns. Ish is finishing his second season in the NBA after a highly unorthodox path to the league that included a brief stint in an NFL training camp after his playing days at Baylor were finished. Above all else, he's known as one of the best teammates in professional sports, and we're eager to learn from him. Ish, thanks a bunch for spending some time with us. Welcome to the podcast. No, I appreciate y'all for having me. Uh, this is this is about to be a fun little podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the first thing, and we're going to make sure and include this in our social platforms, I read and loved the piece that The Athletic did on you, uh, just about your unorthodox career leading to this point. I think it came out February, early February 2023. But for listeners who haven't read it yet, can you give just a, a description in your own words about your route from Baylor to Phoenix to those unfamiliar with your background? Um, well, a little, a little bit about me and my, my little, my, my journey. Um, I started at Baylor, uh, four years of straight basketball. Um, didn't think about playing a different sport. Um, my senior year came to an end, um, in New York against South Carolina. Um, and I happened to just open up my Twitter and see Matt Rule ask me if I wanted to come around and play football. So I had a fifth year, um, and decided to just go ahead and, and say, you know what, leap of faith. Let's see if I still have the love of, of football. Um, I played a se- I played my fifth year um, Baylor football, which was fun. Um, it was taxing on my body, but you know, taxing on my body and mind. Um, but I ended up doing that. Um, and right after that, I ended up getting. I didn't get drafted. Uh, I got picked up by the Buffalo Bills and did the rookie mini camp. And to me, going to the rookie minicamp, I was still shocked because I'm like, oh my God, I'm really about to do this, try this NFL thing. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I didn't get picked up. I was waived. And I, I to be honest, I, I wasn't mad. I wasn't upset. Um, I wasn't disappointed because I gave it my all. Um, and I did something that nobody else could actually say. Not a lot of people can say they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I stepped out of my comfort zone and I competed against pros, guys that, you know, played a whole different sport. Um, after that, so after that, I ended up going overseas and started my, in my, started my professional basketball career overseas in Germany for two years. Um, another leap of faith, um, just stepping out on a limb and trusting that everything was going to be all right. I started in Germany for, I played in Germany for two years. How did you end um, up in Germany though? Like what was the route on that? You just. The route, the route. So right after I got done playing football, I was waived. Um, literally the next day, it was a Monday because the last day of camp was Sunday. Literally the next day, Monday, I was in a gym, um, faithfully. I'm talking about four or five times. I'm talking about driving from, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. So I was in Kansas City, Missouri. I used to drive to Kansas City, Kansas. I used to drive to Columbia. I used to go back to Kansas City. And these are like, Kansas City to Columbia is about an hour and a half, almost two hour drive. Go there drive back, go to another gym. But I was in the gym at least five times a day. And uh, that was like a, a everyday thing. Um, just trying to get my body down. Um, I got a phone call um, from one of my cousins, uh, Stamps, that, that was in China at the time. I had a China phone call, a phone number come across my phone. I'm like, who is this from China calling me? 
Um, he's like, hey, are you busy? I'm like, um, I'm getting like I'm literally getting ready to go to the gym. I'm, like, I'm about to go to the gym. Um, he's like, all right, good. Um, he's a team in Germany that wants to that wants to uh, you know sign you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? And so he said, yeah, we're gonna have him call you. Um, so I hung up the phone and literally got on the phone, got on another phone call from another China number, and um, they were like, hey, um, we would like to sign you. We know all about you. And in my mind, I'm like, how do you know about me? I didn't. I haven't played basketball in almost a year. So what are you talking about? You know all about me. So we watch your high. We watch your high school film. We watch your college film, and we love everything that you do. Um, we want to send over a contract to let you read it. Send it to your agents. At this time, I didn't have an agent. So now I'm like, okay, let me read over this contract. Let me see what's going on. I give it to my mom. Um, um, I hung up the phone. I read over it. I ended up calling an agent that was. Um, my teammates, Royce O'Neal and Torian Prince's agents, Pedro, I ended up calling him and I said, hey, um, I'm back playing basketball. He's like, you know, he free, he was freaking out because everybody thought that I was still playing football. I said, no, I've been, I've been, you know, playing basketball for the past month and a half, two months. So I'm ready to get back to it and uh, see where, you know, see what happens. So I ended up signing a contract and literally um, six days later, um, I flew out to Germany. And when I tell you that was, was that was like probably the that was probably the most uh, that was a, that was a huge sacrifice because I had just had my son too, so my son was only like not even a week old, and I, I left my son and went out there, and he he ended up coming out there with me later on. But yeah, that that was the start of everything right there. Um, going to Germany for two years, Nuremberg, Germany, playing amazing basketball the second half of the of the season because the first half was just me trying to get back into basketball shape and understand it uh, overseas game, um, and then playing with the circumstances over there. That first team that I played didn't have a home court, so the first sixteen games was all away games, and this wasn't I wasn't used to driving a bus sixteen hours, Hunter. You know, <laughs> I wasn't used to driving a you know riding a bus. 16, 13, eight hours away, waking up, you know, playing the same day or waking up the next morning, playing a game and then driving back. Um, but that was every other, that was twice a week, you know? So that was a big shock. And then um, getting a phone call in the middle, like in the middle, the middle of the season, Mark, um, when my agent said, Hey, I remember him saying, Hey, um, you have another notch. I remember my, my assistant coach Vitas, um, he, he pulled me to the side and said, hey, you have another notch. I know you do. And having those two and also, you know, my family telling me, hey, you got it. Um, hearing that, that motivated me to not even just become a better basketball player, but a better teammate. Because if, if they're motivating me, then I start motivating my teammates. The next thing you know, we're the lowest budget team in the league and we make it to the finals. We lose by one. Two game series, we lost by one. Um and that just that started everything. Then the next year, I ended up going to Vesta, Germany, and um, not doing the same, but almost doing the same thing. Finished the final four in both international ball and domestic ball. So after that, signing to France, my third year overseas, I ended up playing in France, Strasbourg. Um, the same exact story. I mean, we 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 played together as a team. Um, it was fun uh, <laughs> doing that. And then having a great season, and next thing you know, getting a phone call 
you know, your, your agents like, hey, um, you have a few NBA teams that 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 want that want to sign you, you know, that want to bring you in for summer summer league and and I end up committing I end up committing to Toronto and play summer league. In the middle of summer league, they pull me to the side and say, Hey, we want to sign you for two years. Oh, hold on, what? <laughs> oh, oh, me? You want to sign me for two years? All right, cool. Let's go. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, I mean that that is is basketball, and I learned I learned that you know things can change fast. Uh, I was waived after preseason. I was waived, and I totally understand. I have no hard feelings. I, I respect everybody in Toronto. Um, and literally, I was waived, and six days later, <laughs> I signed a contract. Um, a two-way contract with the Phoenix Suns, and the rest is history. <laughs> and how long have you been with Phoenix now? This, this this is my second year, and when I tell you, I look back and I'm like, man, like this is this is a fun. This is I'm blessed. I'm happy. Um, I can't complain. You know, like they they welcome me in with open arms. Um, the team is it's like a it's like a brotherhood. It's like a big college team. To be honest with you, we all hang out together. We all you know, go to dinner together. We all, you know, <laughs> joke and laugh. You see how much fun we have on the court. So that that shows you how how much you know how close we all are as a, as a team, as a family. So it feel like it feels like a Baylor team, to be honest with you. How much fun we have on and off the court, you know. So I'm excited <laughs> to see that to see what's next, you know. And that's awesome. So so your journey is pretty remarkable. So I wanted to ask about this. Along the way, did you ever have a moment of self-doubt, right? Just along the process of that journey. And and so if you did, so how did you push through that? Of course, I had a, I had, it was a moment where I, would, I, I called my mom. I can, I can remember calling my mom and telling her, like, I don't really know if this is like for me. This was overseas. Um, You know, you're away from your family. I was three, three years overseas, is, you know, especially during the COVID year. Um, that year right there was, was a, was a tough, it was draining. Nothing, nothing was wrong with France. So I don't want people to ever think about oh, ish hated France. No, I love France. I love city Strasbourg. I want to go back on a vacation one of these days and actually see the see, see the city with my family, with my friends. Um, it was just the mental standpoint of that physical I was cool, but the mental, um, mental up is real. And I, I've always, you know, I've learned that that, that is real. Um, I went through a stage of depression because I, I was over there by myself. I didn't have family. Of course, basketball was going well, but I was still I was, I was so hard on myself. I wanted to make I wanted to get to the NBA. That was my main goal. Didn't hear anything, you know. So I used to call back home, but hey, I don't, you know, I don't know if this is for me, you know. Um, but to be honest, that was like the last time that I actually had any self doubt because of the people that surrounded me. Like, you know, I had my family. I also had my teammates. Um, and I also had my agents. Um, and literally, that was the last time. Because then I went on and continued to play. And, um, yeah, <laughs> I did. I had, I had self-doubt. You know, it, it, was, it was tough. Come to think about it, it was, it was, very, it was really tough. Because you didn't know what was next. Summertime, you 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 go into the summertime with no contract, you know, summertime with no no phone calls from anybody, you know, team wise, you know, and your agent's like, okay, we we'll just be patient, just be patient. And everyone knows that I'm a patient person. Um, but sometimes it can get to the point where it's like nerve wracking. 
you know, it's like, what's next? Like, you know, I'm, I'm itching like, okay, what's, what's next? What, what do I have to do? What do I have to do better? What did I do wrong? Then I started, then I started thinking, like, okay, should I score the ball more? Should I have played defense a lot better? Should I have communicated? Should I have been a, should I have been a, on the bench? If I ever got subbed out, should I have been on the bench yelling even more, you know, getting my teammates even more, than, you know, than what I was doing, than what I was doing. So it, it was always that, that little, that little self-doubt every now and then. Ish, you've had plenty of triumphs too. I, I know the listener will get to that part well. There's one question I always wanted to ask you. I've always wanted to ask you this, okay? And there's one bit of adversity I wanted you to unpack that I was always curious how you navigated and propelled out of it, okay? And so I remember when you came in, because we came in around the same time, top 50 yeah. player out of high school, um, everybody loves Ish. Everybody loves Ish, okay? <laughs> And I remember you even started some games as a freshman, and that team was loaded. Yeah, okay, it was. That team was loaded. Okay, and then the sophomore year, though, your sophomore year, it was like, like maybe you're getting a little under ten minutes a game. Like it's wild, you know. And I wasn't playing at all. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so like I'm thinking about obviously like what you just talked about when you're a professional, how hard that is. I mean, you're what, 20 years old going through this, 19. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of probably, I'm guessing, the first time you've ever gone through something like that because you're used to being the best player. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That That's crazy. That yeah. was another, that was, that was, that was probably the first time. And so like um, you look in the context of today, <laughs> like I'm serious, if you looked in the context of today and I would think you'd have people telling you, you need to transfer or something like that. Like that's more oh, of course. A, the way it is and and so i'm curious of like what things i guess helped you if it was a moment if it was a mentor whatever propelled you to sticking with it to getting better better getting your body right because the next Mm -hmm. year you're a starter you're getting almost Mm -hmm. 25 minutes a game then as a senior you're captain of the number one team in the country the first time they ever ever done that and you're mr baylor that's a that's a pretty (laughs) big swing yeah, it was that 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 was just the people around me. Um, and you know my, you know you've been knowing me for for years. Um, my circle is small, and my circle, I love my circle. They've been around me since I've been in diapers. Um, and they're always uh, they always keep a hundred with me. Um, that year was the toughest year of basketball mentally. Um, come to think about it, like I'm glad you brought that up because like some some parts I just forget. Like, okay, oh, yeah, um, it's been ten years. No, it's been yeah, ten years. Like, wow. I, well, I was twenty years old. Um, <laughs> in my mind, my freshman year, my freshman year I started nine games. Mm-hmm. Started the first nine games of the season. I didn't. I don't think I scored the first nine games. I think I scored the eleventh game. And I just remember, like, man, this. Coach Drew wants me to just score the ball. I'm like, <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? I'm holding the best players. We're going zone. Like, then, then it, over the next year, my sophomore, I wasn't touching the floor. Um, and of course, everybody was like, "Yo, you should transfer." You all, I mean, everything y'all see, we see. You know, players we see. You know, guys were like, "Are you thinking about transferring?" Um, you hear the outside noise. Everybody's like. Uh, you. What about this school? I'm like, man, I'm staying here. 
I started something, I'm going to finish it. I'm not one of these guys that's going to be like, oh, I want, I'm hit the university, or oh, I'm about to transfer. Oh, I want to leave. I was never that type of guy. My dad wouldn't have let me do that. My mom sure in the head wouldn't let me do that. I started something, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to overcome this. And I'm going to be the best player. One of the I'm going to be one. I'm, I'm going to be known as one of the best players I ever played. Is play at this school, and that was after my that was after my freshman year. I'm like, okay, I see how it is. That's cool. So I'm just made me work even harder, you know. So be the best player, the best teammate I could ever be. Anybody has ever seen. Um, and I just adopted that. It was not it's not me trying to get noticed for anything, and you know. And so that was just me. So okay, if I'm not playing, let me do something that will help this team or help help this organization to be better. And that's what I that's what I did. If I wasn't playing, oh, best believe I'm the first one up, jumping out, jumping off the table, jumping off the chair, something, you know, getting the crowd hype. Because as you know, Baylor, we fed off the team, we fed off the off the crowd. The crowd was hype, we got even hype. Like it was just that. But I wasn't transferring. I was going to overcome. That was my mindset. I was going to overcome this. Even if it, even if it took me two years, my sophomore, junior year, I was going to make sure I did something my senior year. But I wasn't going anywhere. I, I was, that was never a thought. And people to this day are like, man, we thought you were going to transfer. I said, y'all thought it wrong. <laughs> That's good stuff. So, hey, so you have a really unique perspective that very few people have, right? You played college basketball and college football at a really high level. You've played professional basketball, obviously, and professional football. Very few people can can say that. So I'm just curious about what you've seen as the biggest similarities and biggest differences when you're talking about coaches, teammates, just environment between those two sports. Yeah, those are two different environments right there. <laughs> um those are crazy. Football guys are crazy. I have so much respect for the football guys. And I told them once I got into the locker room, I said, yo, I, hey, I respect y'all. <laughs> Don't think I'm trying to come in here. And uh, nah, this is y'all sport. <laughs> this is not my sport, but just help me out so I can get better. And that's exactly what I told them. Like literally the first day I got there, because the first day was unreal, especially with the helmets. It was hot. I'm like, oh, I'm about to die. <laughs> I got I got hit once. And I said, "Hold on, now. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> crazy." <laughs> no, but um, you know, uh, football side is it's kind of rare to see uh, offense and defense jail, you know, come together because you always hear those stories. Off offense doesn't like defense. Defense doesn't like offense. I mean that that's just football. You know, it is what it is on that. And I didn't really look at too much into it because I wanted to stay out of everybody's business, stay out of everybody's way. I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. Um, but it's I'm a per I'm gonna honestly say it's probably more intense. Football's a more intense weight room. They lift weights like like weightlifters. Oh my uh, like like bodybuilders. Oh my lord. <laughs> so they're they're like intense twenty four seven. Now basketball on the other hand, it's like, yeah, we're intense on the court for sure. Um and it's just different. Like <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain. Yeah, it's hard to explain. Is it? But it's a different atmosphere for sure. It's a different difference, a huge difference. Um, <laughs> you're one of the best I've ever seen at this one specific thing. Okay, and I even got to see you do this when y'all played Memphis recently, and we came to the game. Is this idea of holding people accountable, which is a weird thing to do. 
like when you talk and ask people of like uh like those teammates and you're asking about hey you got to hold each other accountable okay mm-hmm. um but you're really good at it and you're i never thought you were a jerk either but there was a standard with you and you were good about communicating that standard to other people so like a reoccurring topic that we're talking about in this specific series is like how really accountability can be the highest form of love like a great teammate can offer like that you care enough to correct your teammate to connect your to correct your brother and so can you talk a little bit about a how you've seen some of the best teammates you've ever played with do that very thing and then also you're one of the best teammates in the world. So like, how do you do that uh, in your role? So, so for one, you have, you, you have to be able, if you could dish it out, you have to be able to receive it. If you're going to hold somebody else accountable, you have to, you have to, somebody else has to hold you accountable. You know what I mean? So if, for example, let's say, let me go back to college. Let's say TP missing assignment. Hey, you know, you're supposed to cut off the baseline in the zone. And letting you're supposed to cut off the baseline. Don't let the ball get to, you know, don't let the ball get to the corner. Cut that off. All right, bro. You know, if, if he, all right, bro, I got you. But then let's say I let the ball get to a, a direct pass to the corner on the left side of the zone. And he's, he comes up to me, hey, ish, hey, hey, make sure you, make sure you, uh, you know, fix that. I got you. I got you, bro. Now, it could be the other way around. Hey. Such and such, make sure you what, what you talking about? You that's not, you know, it's, it's certain ways to approach people, but you also but it's also like, hey, once you have to be able to accept it. Um, and that's just how it is. You gotta hold your you gotta hold your brother accountable. Simple as that. Um and the your teammate, your brother has to be able to, to accept it. That takes you a long way. If you can't be, it's like being coachable. If you can't be coachable, then you're not going to be able to play this game, any any of these games, football, basketball. You might as well play tennis. You know, it's a single sport. It's a it's a one on one sport. Unless you go do, unless you do duos or golf, because I believe golf is a yeah or golf or ping pong. You know, what I mean, it's just just one, those one player, those one team, one player only teams. So um, you just got to be able to. Um, it's it's crazy because I never thought that I would I would that would that would have been me especially in college. But I also started that in high school, AU, you know, like I was, I've been blessed. I've honestly been blessed to play for player led, player led coaches. So you have high school. I went to Raytown South. That, that was out. That's out of the, what's the name? It wasn't a player led. That was a coach led. Um, but Montrose Christian was a player led. After, after coach Vetter gave us, you know, show that he could trust, me and trust Justin Anderson. It was a player-led team. If we've seen things, we're talking about blah, blah, blah. Cool. Then you go into college and Coach Drew is a player-led coach. He treated us like NBA pros right up from day one. Once you earn that trust and you see that trust, then that's when you can take that to a next level. Take That whole entire organization go to the next level. And that's how it is with the Suns now. You have Book, you have CP. I'm not going to lie to you. I still hold them, those guys accountable. I know. I, I mean, CP is the greatest player I've ever, I've, the greatest point guard in the, in the history of basketball, one of them. Book is probably the greatest scorer I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then you also got DA, who's one of the best mid range big men. 
he's gonna hear this. I didn't mean to call him big man. <laughs> Stretch for <laughs> uh, yeah, he he can shoot. Tim Duncan. That's <laughs> um, but like, don't get me wrong. I still hold those guys accountable too because I mean I want them to do the exact same thing. If I if I turn down a shot, hey, it's what you doing? Shoot the ball. Now, if you turn out if you turn down a shot that we need, hey, it's three. Hey, book. Well, I only got to a book. Book don't turn down shots. Oh, three. What you do? <laughs> hey, three. What you do? Why you turn down shots? What's up, man? Let it fly. So it it just carries over, and it's like like I said, if you have everybody on the team to hold each other accountable, and also it's coachable, then it takes you a long way. Um, I'm not saying force it. You know, hey, you know, it's it's certain ways to communicate with players. You 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 around a player, you have to know how to communicate with a guy. You can't just go up to somebody and yell at them like, hey, what the heck are you doing? But some guys are gonna take that. Hold on now, you want to fight? <laughs> Automatic, you know, but. It's just certain. It's just certain ways to communicate with people, and you have to be able to hold each other accountable. That's that holding each other accountable is probably one of the main things that you need to adopt. All right. So think about if you're if you were talking to a high school student athlete, right, who's kind of on the verge of taking on a, a bigger leadership <laughs> role on their team, right? Maybe they've been kind of a role player as a young guy. They're getting older. They're they're stepping into that role of being a leader. All right, what would your advice be to somebody in that situation? Make sure you make sure you're the hardest worker, the loudest. If you don't know, if you don't know certain things, it's okay to still ask questions. Um it it yeah. <laughs> make sure you're the hardest worker, the hardest worker on the team. Uh first one in, last one out. Um some people think this is childish, but no, if you need to call team meetings, player-only team meetings, and actually communicate, you know, how y'all feel, how y'all talk to each other, what should be done, what do y'all think. Um, you know, th- those meetings, go <laughs> that goes a long way um, because you can say things in front of your teammates that you won't say in front of your coach. You know, you, you can actually argue behind closed doors just, just to a point where you're like, okay, I understand, I got you. By the end of that argument or that discussion, I got you. Now we're on the same page. Um, but no, make sure, make sure you are for one coachable attitude, no matter what you're going through off that court, going into practice, going into games, make sure that you are locked in at all times. You are the leader of the team. You need to know what's going on. You need to have everybody's back. You need to make sure everybody is together at all times. Down 10, down five, down one, down up 10, up five, up 30 together at all times um and that's just how it is be the hardest worker on the team be the loudest make sure that y'all are make sure you're you're the one that has to make sure everybody stays together if you want to call it the goo guy you're the goo guy you're the captain of the team be the captain don't be a front runner when things get tough then you get mad or you you know you start arguing no you can't do that that's not a captain that's not something the captain would do all right. <laughs> Simple as that. Love it. Good stuff. All right, Ish, this is how we're going to finish it. All right. So you've played for some extraordinary leaders in a lot of different contexts. I'm going to finish by asking you what you learned from four different ones, just four. Okay. And I want you to answer in like just one to two sentences. All right. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
One more time. Ask that. What did you say again? So I said, like, you played, yeah, yeah, so you played for some extraordinary leaders, you know, whether that was college basketball, college football, uh, (laughs) pro basketball, all all that kind of stuff, right? And I'm going to finish right now this last, this last segment. Uh, I want to just ask you what you learned. I selected four different ones, okay, that you've had. And I want you to just tell me, tell us in one to two sentences what you learned from this person. You ready? Okay. Okay. I got it. I think I got it. <laughs> first one, what'd you learn from Scott Drew? Who always keep God first um, on the court. Um, play your heart out. Play like every day is your last game. I can go on and on with Coach Drew. That's four years right there, even till today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's supposed to be a family. Family. I learned that on the court. That is your family. That's your brother. He just tells, look that guy in the eye and say, I love you. You are my brother. I got your back. So, yeah, that's Coach Tane. I mean, that's Coach Drew. Coach Drew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Second one, what did you learn from Matt Rule? <laughs> uh, Matt Rule, um, I got your back. No matter what's going on, because that, that, that year that I had Matt Rule as my head coach, we were 1-11, I think. He said, I got your back. He said, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a run through a brick wall for you. I'll go to war with you, lock arms, and we will go to war together. So it's kind of the same with, with Coach Drew and Coach and Matt. Like, I got your back. <laughs> so I love about those two. Yeah. Third one, what have you learned? What are you learning from Monty? Who? What haven't I learned from Monty? This is, okay, so – um consistency like like this is all i'm gonna do nobody wants to keep getting hit in the head like this just keep going keep going and stay stay level and do do any do any whatever's going on make sure you stay level so you're staying here make sure you stay here so i've I've learned that other teams can jaw at you can you know pick fights and stuff like that stay level-headed all right last one I'm going to throw you a curve here. What did you learn from David Chandler? DC. <laughs> oh, I'm missing him. I just seen him. Um, love. He loved the game of basketball. He loved Baylor. Um, just love just every day. He made me smile every, every day. Every day I walked into that training room, I smiled because I seen DC. Like just, just DC. What's that? like? It was just hug, the hug, the love, just yeah, love. I seen the love that he had for Baylor. That made me want to love Baylor even more. You special, ish. You know, yeah, I just <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey man, thank you so much for doing this. I mean, no, this no problem. Perfect. Yeah, man, that's right. Awesome, no problem. Thank you so much for listening to the Coach and Doc podcast. We know there are a lot of podcasts out there, so we're grateful that you chose us. If you'd like to learn more about the work that we do, please visit our website, www.coachandoc.com.